0: Hello and welcome to India Career Centre, the one-stop podcast for students, professionals, parents and guardians. In every episode, we will try to deal with a current topic that needs expert advice related to career, career guidance and career mentoring. Please welcome your host, Dr. S.B. Mishra, to the show and happy listening!
1: Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to this uh, episode uh, on India Career Center. I think uh, we all know that uh, digitization is one of the major global trends along with other three or four trends which is happening across the world and that is going to grow in a big way. Uh, I mean, just to look at some numbers, the top five tech companies today um, contribute About 1.4 trillion US dollars of uh, revenue, uh, they reported last year 2021, which is more than the GDP of Mexico. Um, The second uh, data is uh, about uh, Facebook. I think they have a monthly active user base of about 2.9 billion people on this earth, uh, which has got about 7.5 billion people, and that's going to also grow even more the other thing is that e-commerce which is currently is about um, estimated to be about 11 12 uh, uh, trillion us dollars uh, that's going to become about 60 65 uh, trillion us dollars by 2030 so so digitization as a concept is going to grow and uh, and uh, one of the key driver for that to proliferate um, across the globe is going to be the 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 uh, new technology, which is which is is the subject of uh, discussion today. And uh, to discuss that, obviously we have the specialist, Mr. Sanjay Kumar. Uh, just to give a brief about Sanjay, Sanjay Kumar is a distinguished entrepreneur and senior telecom and cloud training professional with 20 plus years experience in the telecom training operation maintenance projects uh, content development telecom r&d testing etc uh, he has uh, trained over 20000 people across 50 countries around the world on various technologies of course primarily around uh, 2g 3g 4g 5g and now for, uh, and other things and he has been associated with all the reputed brands uh, in the telecom sector in India as as well as uh, outside India. So uh, thank you, Sanjay, for taking out time for uh, being with us and giving all your insight to our participants uh, right now. And of course, uh, obviously, we'll be also trying to reach out to more audience through our YouTube channel as well as through our podcast uh, in the post this uh, event Uh, Sanjay so uh, first of all welcome and uh,
2: thanks for organizing this right so I'm happy to yeah yeah,
1: so to uh, so I'm not the uh, tech specialist uh, so I'm I'm as layman as anybody else Uh, probably a lot of my podcast viewers are also going to be like that so you have to demystify a lot of things uh, starting from why the concept 5G, what is the importance of this uh, nomenclature and okay. uh, and how how a layman can understand about this a uh, little more. I know some um, of the attendees might be uh, very very tech savvy, they might be from the industry. so they may not probably need it, but I think uh, we need to set the context for a larger audience and which is why I am asking this very basic question
2: okay uh, before you know i, I uh, take up your questions or some questions from the participants i would like to you know see the journey what we had seen uh, from the wireline network till 5g network and what do we expect in 5g i not spend uh, much time in the technical details just a quick journey we will see what are the things which have changed in uh, last 20 30 years but uh, you you took very interesting example of facebook And many people don't know that, uh, you know, for telecom, when uh, there there is a taboo uh, around telecom, right? Whenever somebody says telecom, people think that there are only jobs which are available, either to climb uh, to the towers and then install some antennas or, you know, uh, just sitting in the network operation center, looking at the screen and then uh, looking at the alarms. So this is one of the biggest taboo uh, when it comes to the freshers uh, or the people in general, right? They, they say telecom have only those can those kind of jobs but that's not true right so telecom is much more than this uh, and why i'm saying this uh, you took very a uh, uh, very interesting example of facebook today facebook is you know the market driver for telecom and most of the open source initiative for telecom are taken by facebook let's take an example and I, i'm not sure if everyone has heard about it there is something called a step TIP, Telecom Infra Project, right? And Telecom Infra Project is, you know, um, battling uh, in in a big way for an open source telecom network. And the founder member of that tip is Facebook, right? So having very, very strong wireless network, who is going to benefit out of it is the company like Facebook. And that's where they are investing big money in the, you know, wireless evolution, which is going to 5G and then in the next case, uh, 6G as well. Right. So let me just, you know, share my screen and talk a bit more about, uh, you know, what are the things we are expecting in these generations. And I think that will help us to understand. And then we will open for the questions. I hope uh, my screen is visible to you.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right.
2: Okay, so uh, in this uh, presentation, I'm not going to talk about you know a lot of technical details. I have a lot of technical uh, you know sessions on my YouTube channel. At the end of the session, I will share my YouTube channel link as well. You can look at the technical content, but this is more over overview kind of thing. Now, what we are going to discuss in this particular slide is why another G. Uh, the question, what you asked, what is the journey, and why we are looking for another generation, right? Whenever I talk about it, people start talking about 5G in Wi-Fi modem. Many of us, when they use Wi-Fi, they see an option called as 5G. Please note this 5G is not the 5G we are talking about. This is 5 gigahertz. 5 gigahertz is the band what we are using for Wi-Fi in addition to the another band which we are using as 2.4 gigahertz. This G here means generation. So 5G has the meaning of fifth generation. What is fifth generation? We are going to talk about. Why cloud in telecom? We will talk about We'll understand what is the intervention of cloud in telecom. What are the different type of jobs in telecom? What is the importance of DevOps in telecom? What are the top tech trends, right? So you just spoke about some of the technical trends which are happening. And we will talk about a report of Forbes. And interestingly, you will not see 5G in that. And we will talk about it why 5G is not that in that list and where is 5G in that particular list we will talk about it why the freshers as well as the experienced professionals why they should learn 5G is it just another G like we had 1G 2G 3G 4G it is just another G or there is some disruption what we are expecting in 5G and what are the things we may expect in 6G kind of network now if we look at this journey, uh, we started with 1G network and then went on to 2G, 3G, 4G, and 5G. If we see, typically every 10 years from 1980s to 1990s to 2000, 2010, and 2017. Why 2017? Originally it was planned for 2020, but they have to pre it because of some operators push. The only intent from 1G to 4G was this, achieving higher data rate. We, we always say, as a human being, we need, there is a need for speed. The only intent of having 2G network, 3G network, and 4G network to achieving higher data rate. So from somewhere around 10 kbps in 2G, we were able to achieve up to 1 gbps in 4G. And that is more or less sufficient for everything what we are doing on a daily basis right if uh, we want to want to watch movies you want to do instant messaging video calls everything is doable from 1 gbps kind of data rate but let me add one thing here this 1 gbps what we are saying here is not the data rate for the end user this is the peak data rate of the network now all the users who are available in a given area this data rate is going to be shared between them it is just like if i have 100 dollars and i have 100 users in my home i will be able to give one dollar to each one right and that too depending on their capabilities right so one gbps is not the user experience data rate it is the data rate for the network the network gives this data rate to all the users given in a given uh, available in a given area now till 4g till 4g if we see this most of the target most of the target users were human beings and today almost all of us are having either one phone or two phones either one sim card or two sim card right can we really make 10 times human beings or 10 times connection in next 10 years impossible we can't really get the next level of growth from 4g to 5g just by the human being so 5g is not just targeting human beings or the retail users they are targeting n number of different use cases they are targeting broadband services they are targeting iot services ultra low latency services and n number of other use cases like private networks of course data rate is one of the main driver where we are expecting data rate of almost 20 times of what we were getting in lt advance lt advance was one of the you know branding used by lt we are already in 5g we there are something called as 3 GPP releases i'll not get into the details of this there are 17 is already out release 17 and release 18 will be called as 5g advance so we already have a next generation branding for 5G. We are already talking about 5G advanced. So if you look at overall picture, the agenda from 1G to 4G was always data rate. But when it comes to 5G, our only agenda is not data rate. There are many use cases, many service verticals, and then only 5G will flourish. If we are looking for just data rate, 5G is going to fail. 5G is bound to fail in that sense. Now, why another G? I just talked about it and why 5g we are looking for n number of things we will talk about all these n number of things we are talking about network slicing we are talking about orchestration we are talking about high data rate vehicle to x communication so end of the day 5g is not about connecting humans 5g is about connecting things and everything to everything so you can connect your vehicles your you know smart factories smart bins, smart cities everything requires 5G kind of connectivity there is a strong lobby which says this is you know little exaggerated we will talk about it why this is relevant why we have to have 5G to make all these use cases available and successful right now another interesting aspect till 4G there was almost zero percent intervention of telecom There was a little intervention which came at a later stage of 4G. But there was absolutely zero kind of intervention of cloud networks, starting with 5G. And then you may ask, hey, how how these networks were deployed in that scenario? In that scenario, these networks were deployed. These networks were deployed using purpose-built hardware and purpose-built software. That means the equipment comes from a vendor, and the software also comes from the vendor right you can't really deploy your networks by using some kind of cords hardware some kind of commercially off the shelf commercial commercial off the shelf hardware right however with 5g even in the latest stage of 4g we have started implementing cloud kind of environment when i say cloud it can be some kind of private cloud it can be some kind of public cloud there are some interesting use cases where an operator like dish wireless in usa they have deployed their complete core net complete network on aws infrastructure so now if you really want to run your operations you really need not to build your own infrastructure you can also rely on some hyperscalers like google like aws like azure and you can deploy your network end of the day all the future networks are going to be built on cloud kind of infrastructure so cloud becomes very very interesting aspects of the telecom industry what are the different types of jobs in telecom when i talk about it as i mentioned many people think that okay telecom means climbing towers and just sitting in the network operations center, centers. that's not correct any type of software jobs any type of solution architect job any type of development job any type of data analytics job, any type of AI, ML job, what you can think of is possible in telecom industry. So telecom industry is not about, just not about climbing towers and sitting in the network operation center. Any damn job that you can think about in the software industry will actually lead to the telecom. The 5G network and the 6G network will be driven by, will be driven by artificial intelligence, machine learning kind of, scenarios right so there are a lot of jobs available in the development there are a lot of jobs available in, uh, in the testing in the you know de- uh, develop protocol development in the variety of different roles one of the important thing which has happened in 5g because we are getting into cloud native environments so earlier if I see the hardware used to come from one particular vendor and the software used to come from the same vendor. So they were typically tightly integrated in the past till 4G. Now, these hardware and softwares are disaggregated. And this software used to be a monolith software earlier. This software used to be a monolith software. But now this monolith software is broken down into multiple microservices. And all these microservices can scale independently. And that brings. Another interesting aspect to telecom, which is typically referred as CICD, continuous integration, continuous deployment. And that brings DevOps as a very, very key component of the telecom network. The words which are like cloud native, microservices, Docker, Kubernetes, containerization were typically alien for the telecom world three years back. But today, you can't really live in telecom world without knowing all these things so every person working in telecom either directly or indirectly has to work with these things has to know these things if you are not learning these things you are losing you are actually doing a career suicide right so you will not be able to grow to the next level if you are not aware about the things which are happening in the telecom world currently right now this is the thing what i was talking about the Forbes. According to the Forbes, these are the top 10 tech trains that is going to transfer, transform our world in next 5, 10 years. If you look at the names, ubiquitous computing, connected and smart everything, the datafication of our world, artificial intelligence, extended reality, digital trust, 3D printing, gen editing, nanotechnologies and material science, and new energy solution. You may ask, hey, I don't see 5G anywhere. We were talking about 5g is going to transform the world but where do we have 5g in this at the epicenter of all these technology at the epicenter of all these technologies there is one common thing in all these technology trends, and that common thing is connectivity you cannot really transform or you cannot really achieve these kind of technology trends if you don't have greater connectivity, and 5G is going to enable that connectivity, do we have that in 4G? Yes, a part of it. But 5G is going to be much bigger than this, much massive than this, right? So, at the heart of all these technology trends, there is a great connectivity, and that connectivity comes from 5G. I'll not say all of them, but almost you know 80, 90 percent of them will be having a lot of dependency lot of dependency on the 5g kind of network because the kind of data these technology trains will need that data has to be transformed transferred from one place to another place and 5g is going to enable that the connectivity will be provided by 5g and these technology trains will not even happen will not even be successful if there is not no greater connectivity available without 5g right now Why to learn 5G as a fresher and as an experienced person as well? Currently, there are some, as per some estimates, there are 1 million jobs available on 5G and related technology. They may not directly talk about 5G. They may not directly talk about 5G. But there are 1 million jobs available on 5G. And there is a serious resource crunch in the world today for 5G. Companies, if they are hiring India, for example uh, was always a you know manpower intensive country we never had you know shortage of people and today if a telecom company is looking for 100 people to hire they are not even getting two to three people this is the scarcity of the resources in the market currently as per some estimates from some government agencies they say by 2025 india will need 22 million skilled people India will need 22 million skilled people for 5G rollouts. Companies are struggling to hire people with these new skills. What is the challenge? Do we have shortage of manpower? Of course not. What is the, short, what is the shortage? The shortage is in the skills. Why there is a shortage in the skills? Because these skills are completely new to the telecom world. Telecom people are not used to these skills like Docker, like Cloud Native, like DevOps. This is the gap. This is the skill industry gap, which is there in the telecom industry, even for experienced people. Who is gaining out of it? The people who are just entering into the industry, the freshers, the people with the one or two years of experience, because for them, Because, you know, the uh, I'm I'm a person who have 20 years experience. I come with a lot of baggage. And for me, learning new things are always very difficult compared to the people who are coming just out of the college. They are with a fresh mind, right? So there is a huge skill industry gap. And who is getting benefit out of it? The freshers or the people with the one or two years experience. Who is the most dangerous species in this? The people in the mid-management at the level of 10 to 20 years experience. They are going to face the biggest problem if they don't upskill themselves. This is not a threatening statement, but this is the story of the current market. Telecom industry is growing at a fast pace and it is going to bring maybe another 200 billion dollar kind of opportunity for the world in the next five years. And as per some economic Times reports, the 5G is going to bring a 30 billion US. dollar opportunity for the IT companies in India. This can be much bigger. This can be much bigger overall, even looking at these kind of reports. Now, these are the use cases I was talking about. Uh, 5G is just another G, or it is a t- disruption. We have use cases like enhanced mobile broadband, which is all about more data rates. We have ma- massive machine type communication, which is connecting a lot of devices to the network and we have urllc ultra reliable and low latency communication which is about more critical things more mission critical application this can be industry automation can be self-driving car can be mission critical application 3d videos work and play in the cloud augmented reality gigabytes in a second smart home smart building voice kind of services smart cities so we are going to enable a lot many use cases. And if you follow the telecom news in India, recently there was spectrum auction which was announced. They also have reserved some spectrum for the captive or the private networks. So 5G will not be rest- restricted by a handful of players like some of the operators, like Airtel, GEO or maybe at or T-Mobile in the US. Right? This is going to give the power to smaller industry where these smaller industry can set up their own private networks. In case of 5G, we typically call these networks as NPN. NPN, which is typically called as known public networks. These are private captive networks, which are created for certain use cases. So 5G use cases are going to be much more than what we had in 4G or any previous generation, for that matter. Right. What are the things we are expecting in 6G, which is a very, very early thing to say? but uh, there is a traction happening on 6G. And there are some strong rumors in the industry that 6G may come much sooner than expected, and there are chances that it may fail 5G as well. The way industry is moving, the the way technology is changing, there are rumors in the industry that 5G may get obsolete sooner than expected, and 6G may come sooner than expected. So I'm not sure I'm not the right guy to judge, judge that, But this is something which is, you know, very, very, uh, you know, very, very uh, easily audible in the industry overall. Now, what we are expecting in 6G? Till 4G, we had majorly the terrestrial network and that trend is going to continue in 5G as well. But 6G is going to have a combination of convergence of multiple type of network, satellite network, drone based network unmanned aerial vehicle network maritime network so these are the multiple networks which are going to get converged and going to give you global coverage you are going to have wireless signal everywhere in the world there are some you know initiatives are happening like one web likes traveling where you can get internet services via some kind of leo leo is called as low earth orbit right so you have some satellites which can give you internet connectivity they are going to use lot of spectrum these are some technical terms sub six gigahertz millimeter wave terahertz optical will not get into those details 6g is going to use much more aggregated spectrum. 6g network has to be there is a lot of stuff happening on the openness of the network on the openness of the network and with the openness it comes the security threats so the network security becomes a paramount requirements for future network. So they are running security things on multiple layers: physical layer, network layer, application layer, etc. Of course, the data is going to be the king. Data is going to be the new oil, as they always say. The future network will be driven by AI, ML, big data, data analytics, deep learning. And this is not only going to happen in 6G. It has already started happening in 5G as well. Right. So uh, I will share all these links in the chat box. I have a uh, LinkedIn community. Uh, I have around 21,000 connections on LinkedIn. I have a YouTube channel. I have a Telegram group where there are around 1,800 people are connected. So I'll share all those links. But before that, we will open for questions. And I hope uh, I was able to give you some insights into it and any questions you have uh, we will start with mr hp misra and then we will take up questions from other participants
1: so my first question is uh, you talked about skill gap yeah and uh, so uh, from the current infrastructure point of view with respect to educating people on the skills mm-hmm. how how's our system with respect to the traditional uh, 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 educational institutions <laughs> As well as uh, how your organization is trying to bridge this gap.
2: OK, uh, right. so if you see, sir, uh, uh, there are major issues in the skill gap because there are no you know, uh, courses, not so many courses. Because many people are, nowadays, everybody has started comparing all the training programs to some programs which are available on YouTube, on Udemy. Because the content is, accessing content is easy. Right? It's accessing con- content is everywhere, right? Now, as soon as you got into a learning mode and you start exploring, I'm not saying you can't learn from YouTube, you can't learn from the open internet, but what is missing here is the structure, right? The end goals are not defined. So you start learning, you go to YouTube, start learning on cloud, uh, you look at some AWS video, then uh, next day you start looking at Azure videos and the next day you talk about Docker, Kubernetes. So you don't really have, you know, intent-based or you know, goal-based kind of learning programs, right? What we do is, uh, as a company, the kind of programs what we do. We, whenever a customer comes to us, first of all, we are majorly into B2B programs, so we don't really do a lot of courses for the individuals, right? Whenever a customer comes to us, and we always say that, hey, what are your end goals? What are the end objective? What you want to achieve after this training program, right? Uh, We recently had a customer, they say, hey, I want uh, 20 freshers to attend a training program for seven days, and they should be ready to deploy 5G network after that. Right. We said, no, we cannot do this course. This is too much to expect. We can, you know, get them going. We can give them good overview, but I will not be able to enable them because they're just coming from college. I will not be able to enable them where they will be able to, you know, deploy 5G network. Uh, if that is the case, if somebody can do it, please go for it, right? Otherwise, companies will not spend billions of dollars in uh, building these kind of solutions, right? So first of all, the biggest thing which is missing in telecom world is the you know goal-based learning, structured learning. That is the biggest miss, right? Uh, if you ask me today, is there a company who can have these kind of structure-based learning, right, for the end users? there are not so many companies i can name maximum one or two companies in the world all other companies they you know they they, they just give you some uh, generic learning and then you are in the middle of nowhere even after doing the session i hope i have answered your question right sir?
1: so which means that even the uh, uh, traditional education institutions are also not equipped very well for this not
2: at all not at all if you look at the college curriculum right many of the colleges uh, if you go with a university curriculum Right. They are still teaching 2G or 3G. Okay. Some of the colleges, some of the, you know, uh, private university, they have taken initiative. They have started talking. They have, you know, collaborated with some uh, telecom experts. They have started curriculum. They have, uh, you know, started curriculum for 4G as well. 5G, I, I have not seen anywhere as of now, but even in 4G, the curriculum is created by the telecom professional, right? but the delivery of that curriculum is done by the college professors right end of the day even those college professors have no idea how these telecom networks work right i was just doing a faculty development program for uh, you know this uh, aicte and i asked you know do you know what is the e node b they say it should be some kind of software some kind of hardware we haven't seen it we have no idea what e node b is right so uh, there is a major miss, especially when it comes to academia. I'm not talking about some of the institutions like IITs. They are doing a lot of initiative in 4G and 5G. But even in their curriculum, this, all these things are included. We are almost you know, 15, 20 years behind in our college curriculum when it comes to the wireless technologies.
1: So uh, you mentioned that you guys are into basically B2B. But then for the B2C or uh, for the students, Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is a big space which can somebody can occupy actually in terms yes, of training right. and skilling so, uh, th-
2: there is a big space i'll tell you the reason uh, why why this space was created and why uh, uh, how uh, how somebody can fill the space right so this is a clear opportunity now why telecom training was not a great space for b2c right uh, b2c was not a great space for telecom let me put it this way because telecom products were all uh, you know m- controlled by a handful of player right it was like it was not like a software industry that's right? so where you have n number of companies hiring from you you can learn c c++ or java or python and there are 100 companies lined up for hiring you telecom was not like that telecom was you know only handful of companies were hiring and they have they were completely i will not name those companies everybody knows those names but they were actually you know dominating this industry what has changed in 5G? The complete infrastructure has moved to cloud and that has opened up the world for hundreds of other companies. Today, if you, talk me, uh, if you ask me how many companies are hiring for telecom, I can define at least seven tiers of companies. I'm not talking about seven companies. I'm talking about seven tiers of the companies that every tier you can find 50, 60 companies. I'm talking about the global names, not the small companies. Today, any startups can build their own telecom products. Right. Any uh, system integrator, hyperscalers are building their own telecom products. So there is such a Facebook have a team of around 3,000 people who are just working on wireless technology. Google have it, AWS have it. Right. So you name the company, almost every company, even companies like EY, companies like, you know, KPMG, companies like uh, PWC, they are hiring big way in telecom. Right. So there is a huge space which is available why it was not addressed because it was not an open ecosystem why it is a big space now because the complete telecom networks are moving towards open space uh, to open ecosystem so this is clearly a huge opportunity and this opportunity can translate into you know maybe 300 400 crores kind of uh, business in next 3 4 years that's what i feel i may be i may not be you know the right guy to answer everything but yes that's what i feel as
0: of now
1: so i think uh, if somebody from the uh, education industry is listening to our uh, our conversation or watching us on the youtube i'm sure you must take uh, note of this and obviously you can always reach out to sanjay he will be more than happy to help you in uh, okay, setting okay. up the course and and design the course and also create create uh, the course structure and things like that and also train train your uh, train your uh, uh, the, your, uh
2: training, training training is you know one of the under one of the underrated skills in the world right uh, uh, people don't even know that they need training right so uh, many people you know many people approach me hey i need the guidance how do i start learning 5g i say go for some structured learning they say no i don't have time for this i just do it look at youtube and do it right? so this is how it doesn't happen right? so, You can't really have a structured learning from YouTube videos. Of course, you need to have a lot of GL to do that. But that's not easy for everyone. so That's not easy for everyone.
1: Yeah, I think uh, learning as a process needs uh, some kind of teacher or a mentor. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, uh, of course, as you mentioned, uh, information is available in abundance but unfortunately it can really confuse everybody with a lot of information
2: I'll, I'll give you one interesting example one of the you know my linkedin contact uh, from uk uh, has contacted me saying that hey sanjay i have done my masters uh, i've done my masters uh, in so and so subjects in some subjects related to telecom of course but i'm not able to get a job can you help me right I told, yes, I can help you, but uh, that's uh, something what I do for my bread and butter. I cannot uh, do it for free. If you need some guidance, I can give you just like that. But if you need a structural learning, I will charge for that. Uh, You have to, you know, I have to do a course uh, from the company and I'll charge, you know, a handsome amount for that. He said, how much it is? I told it will cost you somewhere around $2,000. He said, no, no, uh, I'm, you know, I'm jobless. Uh, I can't really spend $2,000. I asked him how much you spent on your uh this manage uh, ms what you did in telecom subject he has spent around uh, you know uh maybe uh around one lakh dollars or something like that or maybe half of that right so he has spent around 25 to uh, 30 35 lakhs uh, in doing that two years course and when i asked for two thousand dollars he says no no i don't have money uh, to spend so uh, this is how it is, right? So if you need some section learning, uh, you have to, you know, pay for that, right? So uh, otherwise, exactly. I cannot give free uh, education to everyone. Right? So I, I cannot do it, right? So, no,
1: not. Exactly. I completely agree. Completely agree. I think today, uh, as uh, mentioned in one of the podcast episodes, I was watching um, Ravi, uh, Ravi Kumar of Infosys. He says, today's um, new world order is that you have to learn Continuously, then unlearn what you have learned in the past and then again learn again. And, and that sir, cycle. Let me tell you one thing.
2: Learning is not tough. Unlearning is much more difficult. Yes.
1: Unlearning is
2: much more difficult than learning. Learning is very easy. If you, because, but many times, you know, I uh, train people with 20 years of experience. Recently, I was delivering training for one of the, you know, big companies. There are our 20 engineering managers, right? And for them, it is like, you know, we are, you know, masters in our subjects, teaching them was the toughest part. And whenever I want to teach, I'm always, you know, I enjoy uh, teaching college students because they come with fresh minds. They don't come with a lot of baggage, right? The fresh, the experienced people, the corporate people, they they come with a lot of baggage. They think that they know everything, but this is not the scenario. Even for me, let me tell you the, I, I uh, uh, like did not start as a trainer. I was an engineer right initially. Uh, in the early days of my career, I used to you know um, uh, speak a lot of uh, you know I used to guess a lot in my training program right uh, So I used to guess saying that okay I think this is the answer right but you can't do that today. today if I say one word wrong, the participants will go to Google and will tell in the next statement saying that you have told something wrong. So in my training, in every one hour, at least two times, I have to say, hey, either I'm not aware about it or let me check and come back to you. Right? So so you can't really know everything. Even for uh, the person like me who is learning continuously, the things are not easy. Uh, uh, When I used to talk about 4G, I just talk about 4G. But today when I talk about 5G, I have to talk about cloud native. I have to talk about JSON. I have to talk about Python. I have to talk about Golang. I have to talk about Docker, Kubernetes, and a number of things. So I typically say, "This is what I know. If you need to know more, let me know. I will send you the some link, and you can you know refer to those links. I'm not expert into that area. Uh, so you have to say this. Otherwise, people will you know they, they will embarrass you like anything.
1: I think that's that's the reality of today. So uh, I think you have actually covered uh, most of the points. We thought we will discuss. Uh, there was a few questions which were asked by uh, participants. Uh, So one of the question is, uh, what are the effects of ORAN on jobs? Open, what Exactly. We we
2: call it open-end. So ORAN, whenever we say, so uh, O-R-A-N, when if you search ORAN, it will show you a city in Algeria. I've been to that city four or five times. And every time it was a story, right? So ORAN is a big city. in. uh, We typically, they call it ORAN, but uh, its uh, spelling is ORAN, right? Uh, Algiers is the capital, Oran is another city, so it is Open RAN. Open RAN is typically the radio access network, right? which was earlier dominated by some handful of the players. Now, because every time whenever you want to change the radio network, either you want to do some software upgrades, you have to replace the hardware completely. And radio network is the one which gives you coverage on, on your mobile phone. So one fine day, let's say in your area you don't have radio coverage. Can you live without that? Not even a single day, right? So operator can't really live without radio coverage in a given area. So what operator want is that all the future, uh, all the future deployment which are going to happening, there should not be under any vendor lock-in. That I should be able to buy, buy my hardware from someone and software from someone, and they should all interoperate beautifully that is the overall concept of open and openness in the ren network openness in the radio access network this is a big you know big uh, initiative which is taken and uh, again as i mentioned facebook is one of the uh, one of the company who is uh, actually enforcing this right but there is a lot of incumbent players the companies who were working with the traditional ren which were having a black boxes at the radio access network which was not open right Recently, one of the company uh, named as Parallel Wireless, which was one of the torchbearers of Open RAN, they have laid off a lot of people. Uh, and it was all over in the news. right? So Open RAN, uh, I would say two things. First of all, it is at a very, very early stage. The traditional RAN has taken uh, maybe 30 years kind of time for maturity. Open RAN is five years old, maybe three years old. right? There are a lot, not so many companies are working on it. It will have a lot of teething issues, right? So Open RAN is a great topic. Open RAN is a great topic. If you really want to grow in your career, you should know what Open RAN is, what open networks are, right? But if you think that this is going to transform, transform your network in next one year, that is not going to happen. It will have the, its own tech teething issues, own interoperability issues, uh, and a lot of lobbying. Uh, many I, I say in this this in my training program, the technology is n- not always driven by technology. Many times, technology is also driven by politics. <laughs> right. So, so you can't really say if technology is good, it is it will always grow. This may or may not happen. Many times, I'll just take an example. If one of the traditional REN vendor, if they uh, there are three major companies which are actually the torch bearer of you know open rent. Tomorrow, if one of the traditional rent company, if they acquire one or two of these companies, right? The open rent will be you know will be a story, will be a story for dex And this is not happening for the first time. This has happened. With many, many technologies in the past, WiMAX is the biggest example. CDM is another big example, right? So RAN yeah. is at a very, very early stage. It may take some time to you know to mature, and uh, it may happen that it may not even fly, right? So it is too early to say this, right? But uh, the, the you know today requires a lot of investment. And from where this money comes comes from the inv- investors, right? Tomorrow, if one of the investors says, "I will not pay." Right. I will not pay. So I have just, you know, given a promise to my girlfriend saying that I will uh, take her to the five-star hotel. And if my father says, hey, I will not give you money, can I take her to the five-star hotel? I cannot. So, you mm-hmm. know, open and just like taking that girl, girlfriend to the uh, five-star hotel. That is just the promise. But for that, I need money, which has to be given by my father, my investors. If that money doesn't come, I'm gone. My promises will, you know, will fly in the air. Right? Just like that. So... I will just use some analogy to explain that, but I hope that answers
1: your question. (laughs) Yeah, good one. Okay, the second question is, would telecom power increase in India as 5G comes in? Okay, this is a very interesting question, and
2: uh, frankly speaking, it is very close to my heart, right? Uh, India was always, you know, behind when it comes to telecom, uh, right? So we were, you know, uh, pretty late when it came to 2G. We were pretty late uh, in 3G as well. In fact, india was one of the you know country which was having lit you know very very late kind of 3g deployment uh, so 3g started in 20, 2001 and we deployed our first 3g network in 2010 after 10 years right 4g changed this story a bit 4g changed this story a bit but 5g is going to change this story in a big way and I will tell you the reason, also, according to my understanding, I may not be right everywhere, but according to my understanding, India was never a country which can lead which can lead research and development kind of practices. when it comes to research and development, and telecom used to require a lot of research and development, right? And companies in India don't really spend much money on the research and development, right. Only money, what we spend in research and development, that was on the software side of it. If you see, India is a software superpower. We export more software than we import the crude oil. As simple as that. right? What 5G has changed is, today hardware has become commodity. The whole power lies in the software. And that's where we are leading. We have a lot of Make in India initiative where Mr. Ashwini Vaishnav of our t- telecom minister have recently did a 5G test call in the CWIT campus in Chennai. We are having a body called TSDSI, which is the India's representative to the 3GPP or the standardization organization. We have a lot of push happening for make in India. We have given a lot of PLI for the semiconductor industry, lot of production link incentive for the manufacturing sector. These are the things which are going to transform India as a 5G superpower in next five years. And so I'm I'm completely in for that. If somebody asks me how next five years are going to be for India, they are going to be fantastic. India is the place for the investment, for the digital transformation for that matter. We were already leader in software when it comes. We are also doing... Putting a lot of effort in the manufacturing space, in the semiconductor space, and that is going there is a lot of government push, and that is going to change the world for good, change the India for good. I, I hope I've answered your question. Any fantastic,
1: follow-up? Fantastic, I think. So well, that's uh, fantastic. I think you have actually covered about the job. I think the sec- the last question is seeking jobs in 5G domain with less experience but good educational background. How is that? Uh, uh going to happen i uh, think so you I, covered I, most I, of let, it yeah
2: let me put uh, let me elaborate a bit on it right so if you see today if you see who have got more power who have got more power in telecom is the less experienced people right experienced people people with 10 15 years experience people like me i'll not exclude myself from that we are facing much more problem for us, learning new things, learning new technologies are very difficult. So who has got more, more power? The people who are coming with fresh minds, with a very, very little experience, but who are keen to learn new technologies. Let me take, give you a very, very interesting example. Recently, one of the customer, one of the company whom we were training, they were looking for experienced people. They did not get a, you know uh, not even 10, 15 people. They have to hire 300 people. They did not get in even 10 people. So what they did was they actually hired 300 freshers from one college and trained them for six weeks, starting from 2G, going up to 5G and going towards development and going towards cloud, right? So the freshers, the people with very, very less experience has got more power. Uh, Another example, today uh, in India, the typical maths used to be, right, uh, your... Years of experience multiplied by two will give you a salary in lakhs. Lakhs is a one term that we use in India, typically called as 100,000. 100,000 rupees is one call as one lakh. Because this is not a global term, and there are people joining from other countries. So I'm giving this reference. So if i having 10 years of experience, my typical salary range will be 15 lakhs to 20 lakhs in engineering jobs. In last one year, there are two major things which have changed. The first major thing is the freshers are getting salary equivalent to 10 years of experienced people. Another interesting thing, engineering jobs are getting more salary than the management jobs. These are the two things which never happened in India. Today, there are more requirement of engineering people than the management people. So uh, engineers are getting more salary than the managers. Right. this is the current scenario this is what i have you know experienced in india in telecom industry in last one year uh, so uh, people may have some other thoughts we can discuss that but that's what i feel
1: no that's very good i think uh, it's actually showing the trend because uh, as we know uh, repetitive jobs or jobs which are easily replaceable or automate auto, automated they are going to be Past moved towards automation, and people who can actually use the human angle, the the thinking, the critical thinking, and those are the things which are which are going to grow. So, uh, what sure. you're saying is absolutely making sense. I mean, uh, know, so
2: yesterday, yesterday, sorry, uh, sorry know, yesterday, I had a very very interesting discussion. Uh, I, I was traveling in a train. Uh, there was a guy uh, who was just sitting beside me, right. Uh, he asked me, uh, I was speaking to someone related to 5G telecom and all. So he said, are you an engineer? I told, yes, I am an engineer. So he says, what, uh, what do we do? I told, I'm a trainer and I'm a 5G professional. He said, I'm also an engineer. So he, I asked, okay, from which college you are? He was from IIT Delhi, right? So I asked which branch. So he told, I'm electric. I am in electrical branch. But I want to opt for another branch, which, is a, which I have heard for the first time yesterday. What is PNC? Uh, no, no, sorry, MNC. MNC. I told what is that branch? I've never I heard about CS, IT, electrical, electronics, but I've never heard about something called as MNC. He said MNC means mathematics and computing. Wow! So it is an engineering degree which is very popular in all the IITs today, and it is actually you know going above CS and IT kind of uh, branches which is called as mathematics and computing, which has got 70% of mathematics and only, you know, 30% of programming. Because they say programming doesn't work like that. Programming works on algorithms and algorithms need mathematics. So they want to stress more on the fundamental skills of mathematics than just teaching students about the programming and i really you know i was blown away about that thought i've heard for the first time and just like i said earlier i i tried to learn from everyone and i asked him and i asked him okay uh, so he asked me okay from which batch you are i I told i'm from 2001 batch i I got graduated in 2001 he told i'm uh, i was born in 2003 (laughs) right so this is how it is, uh, but it was interesting. I spoke to that guy for almost one and a half hour. I learned about what is this programming and sorry mathematics and computing, but it was an interesting discussion. So I loved every bit of it.
1: Great, great, great. I think uh, we'll come to the last question, which is uh, which is what I had kept it uh, for myself. You know, there is a lot of concern about five G high frequency, Radiation. Hence, uh, the uh, impact of impact of it on the human. Uh, body and brain. So, what what is your thought on this?
2: So, if you see, sir, I I, uh, try to answer in different, slightly different manner. First of all, all if you use microwave, right? If you use microwave, that also runs at two point four gigahertz frequency, right? And your Wi-Fi router also runs at two point four gigahertz frequency. Let's take an example. Let's take an example. Let's say your microwave also runs on two point four gigahertz, and your Wi-Fi also runs on two point four gigahertz. Will your food will cook if you put near to your Wi-Fi router? It will not. Right. So frequency is just one concept. There is another concept called transmit power. Right. While having this discussion, while having this discussion, people completely miss that context of. Transmit power. So whenever they design any technology, they always make sure that they always make sure that the transmission power should be kept in a range where it does not harm human body. Right. So first of all, there are there has to be strict regulation. There has to be strict regulation on how much power you can transmit on which frequency. And there are government bodies who are taking care of it. There is a body called SACFA, SACFA, which comes under DOT, Department of Telecommunication, right? They typically check transmission. Today, uh, there, there is a website. So, if you go to a DOT website, you can actually book a slot there by paying some five thousand rupees, and the SACFA people, C dot people, will come to your home to check the transmission that it is not exceeding some given thresholds by the. Department of Telecommunication, right? So first of all, they always have mechan they always have mechanism to control these powers, right? If you transmit these powers at any level, at much higher power level, of course, it is going to harm. You. I cannot say that electromagnetic radiations are not harmful. They are harmful. There are enough rules. There are enough you know framework which has to be uh, controlling these kind of radiations. If there are more radiations, of course. It is going to harm your body. Is it going to happen only with 5G? That's not the case. It is happening with every frequency. What you can think of, it can happen with 900 megahertz also. It can happen with 1800 megahertz also. It will happen with 24 gigahertz also. Right now, in coming years, your Wi-Fi router, similar to your Wi-Fi router, you will also have 5G cells there at home. But in that case, you need to restrict their transmitter. Otherwise, it is going to harm your body. Right. So just to summarize, electromagnetic radiations are harmful. Yes, if they are not you know, limiting to a certain radiation power level and government have enough framework, enough mechanism to keep that in, in, in control, right? So uh, I, I hope that answers the question.
1: Absolutely. I think uh, you have been able to give a very layman way of explaining. I it because,
2: so I I can... I, because I'm more of a technical guy. I try to, you know... Get in love it, to get into technical details. I am trying to you know hold myself back not to get into so many technical discussions.
1: I agree, and and that's very important because a uh, lot of uh, our audience which are going to see this or hear this uh, conversation they are from a very different background and uh, they would love to understand about this the way you explained about all this. Uh, you are absolutely like an encyclopedia like for uh, 5G and technology. So i absolutely enjoyed uh, talking to you and learning a lot of things uh, from you uh, on the ims can have slicing
2: okay Man- uh, manish uh,
1: if you see that's a little
2: technical question but let me answer it so release 16 uh, the latest release of 5g has got an option where you can also have slicing in ims right so there is a possibility right uh, in uh, release 15 it was not there release 16 it was introduced to have slicing in ims uh, release 17 it will come with some more features i'm not going to that level yet but there is a possibility in release 16. hello
1: uh,
2: yeah, hello sanjay this is kishore yeah kishore please go ahead
3: i have one doubt uh, actually uh, in uh, like uh, we are working in poland like we have like uh, four operators like uh the problem is uh like we are seeing like uh like like it's showing the uh, like 5g signal but so, but it's not like, uh, we thought, like, it's not real 5G, the, like all operators are showing uh, when we are testing the devices, it's showing the 5G, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, like when we check in the locks, it, it's showing the, uh, like when we are checking on device, the signal strength is showing like weird, we thought it's like fake 5G, but why mm-hmm. their operators are like uh, releasing, okay, this is the 5G, but not, we think it's not
2: like full-fledged 5G, I okay. don't know why. Okay. Why they are the Let's uh, That's the question. So, you see, uh, you know, uh, let, let me ask you a question to answer this. So, when you use four G, when you use four G, do you always get uh, great speeds? Forget about five uh, G. Do you always get great speeds? No. Like depends. You like know. when I coverage area, to get like. There are basically uh, two aspects to the data rate even mm-hmm. though i consider you as a single user right mm-hmm. there are two aspects to data rate one aspect is your radio conditions that how far you are from the base station how okay. far you are from the base station right so if you are very very far from the base station you may see 4g but you will not be able to get the higher data rate you will be getting very very low data rates one the second thing which enables high data rate is the frequency bandwidth is the frequency bandwidth when you say frequency bandwidth it is like a road if you have a small road single lane road, only one car can go if you have a eight lane or 16 lane mega way or expressway you can have up to 16 cars traveling at the same time in one direction or maybe in two directions. Radio network just works like these highways. The bandwidth is the width of that road. Right. If I give you a 5G signal, Mm -hmm. if if I give you a 5G signal and my background spectrum, the spectrum or the bandwidth, what I'm giving you is related to 3G. It is similar to 3G, let's say five megahertz the data rate what you are going to get will be lesser than 3G. Why lesser than 3G? Because in many cases, the overheads for 5G will be more than 3G. Right. But so, I seen like for every operator is providing like only NSA, not like uh, standalone. Why? What's so, the so reason? That's a little technical question, so getting into SA, standalone architecture, NSA, non-standalone architecture. And there is another interesting aspect. Have you heard about it? Something called as DSS?
3: I heard, but I don't know about exactly. What is DSS?
2: DSS is called as dynamic shared spectrum. Dynamic shared spectrum means you have the same spectrum. You have the same spectrum and depending on the usage of 4G and 5G, they allocate a part of that spectrum to 5G users. So in your network majority of the users are 4g users so more and more spectrum is allocated to 4g and little is given to 5g right and in that case 5g will have very very little spectrum you will get very very low data rates right so uh, just getting 5g doesn't mean you can give 1 gbps or 20 gbps in your handset it depends on n number of other factors if i give you let's let's take an example If I give you a 4G network, two standalone network, one 4G network with 20 megahertz bandwidth, Mm -hmm. another 5G network with 20 megahertz bandwidth, your data rate experience are going to be more or less similar. I'll not say same, but more or less similar. Why? Because end of the day, the data rate is going to that highway. And that highway is same for 4G and 5G, which is 20 megahertz. Another interesting aspect here is the number of users in the given area. If you have hundred users in the given area, the data rate which is available will be shared among all the users, right? So you will not yes. get the whole data rate which is available. Ah, okay, I got it. Like it's like limited. So, like so the, the spectrum, even though people are uh, operators are showing 5G in many mm-hmm. of the scenario, they are just giving a chunk of 4G spectrum to 5G network, and which is mm-hmm. not going to give you 5G data rate of 20 GBs for sure.
3: Okay, if uh, n number of users, we cannot expect everyone will get the same speed like
2: this, you don't get the same speed. That's correct. And it also <laughs> depends where you are in the network, what kind of capabilities you have in the handsets, and and number of other features and functionality. Okay.
1: Sanjay, I think there is one more question on the chat box.
2: Let me let me have a look at it. So this question is from Roberson. It says, how 5G coverage project will be implemented with respect to low coverage, indoor spaces, or outdoor coverage will be prioritized? OK, uh, this is a good question. Uh, robson so there are two examples i have to take to answer this first example of the you know brownfield operators brownfield operator means who already have either 2g or 3g or at least 4g networks in play what they are going to do is they are not going to have 5g in one day they are going to have a lot of known standalone architecture they are going to start with some kind of hotspot kind of services in some urban areas in some you know populated area where you need more data rates they are going to have 5g coverage initially that 5g coverage will be in the format of non-standalone which will fall back on a 4g network and 4g network will take you to the core network right over the period of time when their 5g networks will grow 5g coverage will grow they will also deploy some 5G core network and try to connect these 5G radios directly to the 5G core network. So initially, for these kind of operator, for these kind of operator, there will be a lot of dependency on the 4G networks, both radio and the core network. For the greenfield operators, which are just starting with 5G, for example, Dish Wireless in US, for them, building infrastructure is the biggest problem. Because building infrastructure means requires a lot of investment, a lot of dollars. right? And for to save those dollars, DISH Wireless has chosen an easy path. They are deploying their complete network infrastructure on AWS. So their network rollout, their major applications, major telecom applications are going to run on AWS infrastructure. Only a part of it, only a management part of it will be done by DISH Wireless. right? now coming back to your question how these are going to be 5g deployments are not going to be based on some thumb rules 5g deployments are going to be driven by use cases so if you talk about a private network for a factory if you talk about a private network for metro rail if you talk about a private network for a you know shipyard if you talk about a private network for robotic surgery Every deployment is going to have a different way of doing it and there is no thumb rule. But if you talk about typical retail users, initially it will happen in some urban area and some kind of rural use cases and it will grow with the time. Initially, there will be a lot of dependency on the existing 4G network at least. Right. Robson, I hope I've answered your question. Any follow-up question, please feel free to unmute yourself and ask your question in the chat box. Uh, Why low frequency has better coverage and low data rate? Also, high frequency is not good coverage but great data rate. Uh, so, uh, Shaya, uh, this is related to two things. First thing, the you know uh, we call it as a free space path loss, free space path loss, and the second thing, what I mentioned just now is the bandwidth. Bandwidth is like highway, right? Okay. So free space path loss means when, it's, and it is not related to telecom, it is related to the you know basic properties of radio waves. When the radio frequency increases, lambda decreases, lambda is a wavelength, right? And then when lambda decreasing, your free space path loss will increase, right? So with the increase of frequency, your free space path loss is going to increase. And with that, your coverage is going to be very low. So uh, it can be 10 times smaller than the other lower frequency what you're using. So I have answered one question here. The coverage will depend on the frequency band. If you have lower frequency, higher coverage. If you have higher frequency, lower coverage. The data rate depends on the bandwidth. If you need higher data rate, you need to have very, very high bandwidth. And that high bandwidth will be possible only in higher bands. You cannot give thousand megahertz band in a nine hundred megahertz band, but you can do that in twenty four gigahertz band, right? So bandwidth and band are on play when you are talking about low higher coverage, you know uh, lower coverage, higher data rate, lower data rate. So typically, two things what you need to consider: the band and the bandwidth. I hope uh, that answers your question. Any any follow up questions?
1: Please feel. Free to Sanjay, ask. I have a follow up. Uh, just thought. Yeah, no uh, problem. So when you have. When you have a high frequency uh, bandwidth, uh, your, your wavelength obviously reduces. So does it mean that uh, you need more number of towers? For sure. And then, interestingly, if you see, 5G is
2: not about towers only. Right. Right. 5G is also going to have a lot of small cells. Right. And some of those small cells will have even the coverage of 20 to 50 meters. 20 to 50 meters means it is just suitable for your in-house solutions, just like a Wi-Fi router, right? Mm. So you, it is all about you know you have to trade. Yeah, it's a it's a trade uh, between the coverage and the capacity, right? So if you want to have a larger coverage, you have to share that coverage with hundreds of other users, and you also have to have less capacity, and that less capacity is also shared between multiple users if you need very high capacity right you have to go with very very low coverage in your home and you are the you know of your home right so you're gonna consume all the coverage so just like you are consuming the complete bandwidth of your wi-fi router you are not sharing it with your neighbor right you have to have just this kind of scenario so you have to really trade off between the coverage and the capacity for sure this this is a normal wireless phenomena nobody can change it no company no uh whether whether you spend you know millions and billions of dollars you cannot cannot change it you have to trade off between these two things but i okay. hope I'm, i was able to add some value uh i was able to add some value to your time what you spent here almost you know one hour 30 minutes what we have originally planned yeah. right. so if you have any questions please feel free to write me a message on linkedin or maybe um, like you can write me an email at info at com. Uh, for any other questions, you can reach to Mr. S.P. Mishra as well.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, 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 Sanjay, for me, of course, it was a complete new learning. I don't know anything about telecom and 4G, 5G. So a lot of learning for me and a lot of uh, rabbit holes you've shown for me to get in, <laughs> which I will do
2: thanks for organizing this discussion you know i, I love talking to uh, uh, talking about 5g and uh, i i can talk for hours right so that, yes, that's something yes. you know what i'm passionate about right at any point of time if you have any questions any future sessions required i will be more than happy to support right
1: i think uh, ladies and gentlemen we had a fantastic session from sanjay he has given all his uh, uh, data dump on all of us uh, with respect to technology and knowledge about the uh, 5G and and what's the impact with respect to the job and future of job and technology and all other things. Uh, and he has shared all the links to you. If you have specific technical uh, questions for him to answer, he can always reach. You can always reach out to him. Sanjay it was absolute pleasure to, talking to you understanding about the subject it is so important for young people to learn about this and i'm sure you will play a major role in shaping the telecom sector and the young generation of india and the uh, world as well uh, i wish you a lot of success and uh, you are a great asset yeah thanks for organizing
2: this discussion and i i i, uh, I really loved uh, talking to the audience as well as to you Right, so I'm always open for more learning right I'm still learning right so I'm not expert into this area I'm just you know trying to do my bit I'm just learning at my pace right so thank you very much
1: okay thank you so much thank you everyone and uh, nice uh, to connect with you today thank you so much you.
0: hope you enjoy this episode. We sincerely wish you could take something from our conversation today and be able to apply it to your life in a positive way. We value your feedback. This can help us improve our future episodes. So share your thoughts to serve you better. If you want us to focus on a topic which you think is of importance, let us know. We will share our expertise in future episodes. So, see you soon with a new topic and help you in your career journey.